and welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me, I have one friend today, Cameron Spann. Hello, hello. <laughs> we went from four of us last episode to two. Yeah, it's weird dynamics. It's so quiet here. So let me paint the picture. There's an ice storm happening, mm-hmm. and there are probably four staff members here yeah. out of like, what, 18 or something? Mm-hmm. Everybody's working from home. Yeah, we never stop working, but it's so quiet, and uh, it's kind of nice. Yeah, but it, it is very different from our last episode, which when, you know, when Nicole and Cakey kind of just like took over. Yeah, this is like our NPR session, like a little <laughs> intimate chat. <laughs> What are we talking about today? Okay, so again, I, I'm very big into working with our financial plan department over at Pickler Wealth Advisors, helping people every day talk about what they need to do to plan for retirement and go with their, you know, just what do they need to do today to make sure they're going to be okay. And a lot of times I hear people talk about pensions and, you know, their 401ks and things like that. And so in this episode, I thought I'd kind of just talk about things that we've done episodes on, but really dive into that whole like three-legged stool story and about the three different components of your retirement and what goes into the funding of your retirement. But, um, you know, we got to have fun. So let's start off with a list that Nicole put together for us. Heartwarming movies about retirement. Because I guess when you think of retirement, it's heartwarming, right? Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Something's Gotta Give is the first one on this list. Rather than following characters who've just retired, Something's Gotta Give showcases a character who is facing life changes and maybe even retirement. Jack Nicholson plays a playboy who dates much younger women. When he has a heart attack, he must reconsider his life choices, but professionally and personally. And so, yeah, this is a great movie. There was a good cast in this one. I can see all their faces, but... This was at one, they were all in the apartment building, and then the other neighbor, like, had some issues going on as well, and, and Jack Nicholson plays a Jack Nicholson character. Right, and I feel like we had a conversation a few episodes ago about the genre of film, and Jack Nicholson kind of always leads them. Yeah, I was watching Anger Management the other day randomly, and just remember, like, he's just... I mean, you could easily turn that character in Anger Management into The Shining, like, very easily... <laughs> I love it. Yeah, there's a common thread here. The second one, starring Jack Nicholson, is The Bucket List. Also has Morgan Freeman. Two terminally ill patients, billionaire Edward Cole, played by Nicholson, and car mechanic Carter Chambers, played by Freeman, decide to fulfill their bucket list. The two men bond over life, love, and loss, and the movie is a special reminder to take nothing for granted. This is a great movie. It is. And we've referenced it a good bit when we talk to people about planning is how you're always going to say, oh, yeah, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. But like, no, make your bucket list. Start checking it off now. Yeah, we're big on bucket lists here and not just for clients, but for staff. Like every year at our kickoff meeting in January, we create personal bucket lists. You know, what do you want to accomplish personally this year? Absolutely. Okay, the next one up. 90-year-old Carl... Fredrickson. Fredrickson. Yeah, there you go. I just know him as Carl. Uh, he uh, starts the adventure of his life with help from Russell. Little Boy Scout. Yes, the opening scenes might make you ball. Oh, the opening scenes in this movie are rough. Yeah, I think this is the third time Up has been on a recent list and one of the saddest Pixar movies. It is really sad, but it is, again, I think this is a common thread. The guy from Up, Carl, the grandfather, kind of reminds me a little bit of, did you ever see the movie Grumpy Old Men and Grumpier Old Men? Yes, yes. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, Carl is kind of like the grumpy men, is also kind of like the guy from Dennis the Menace, the neighbor, like they're all kind of the same grumpy old grandpa that I think we grow up picturing like, 
oh, he's retired and he's grumpy and telling kids to get off his lawn. Like, Yeah. To kind of, again, paint a picture for those who haven't seen Up, the reason it's so sad is the intro, the first 10 minutes of this children's movie, it tells the story of how Carl was a young boy and met the love of his life, who at the time was a young girl. And it's this montage of them growing up and they go through buying a house. They go through miscarriage, which is intense for a kid's mm -hmm. movie and eventually go through her terminal illness and death. And so there's a reason he's kind of grumpy and sad, but it ends up being a happy movie. Yeah. Okay, the next one. No, is it me? Okay. <laughs> Gran Torino, speaking of grumpy old men, uh, this stars Clint Eastwood. I saw this in theaters, which was random, but I'll give you a brief synopsis. Recent widow and Korean War veteran, Walt Kowalski, played by Eastwood, is a grumpy old man. But when his neighbor tries to steal his Gran Torino, which is a car, he strikes up a relationship with the Hmong Vang Lore family. Hmm. So it's all about ethnicities, kind of bonding, an unlikely friendship. It's a cool movie. Yeah. Okay, the last one on our short little list here is Calendar Girls. Never um, seen it. <laughs> it's cute. It's very... Uh, <laughs> Not one I would watch repeating all the time, but it's a group of women who agree to pose semi-nude for a calendar to raise money for leukemia. And it's just a bunch of women in this town, and it's really funny because like one of them loves to bake, so it's a picture of her like holding pastry buns in front of her bosoms. <laughs> Word, <laughs> but it's like it's older women, and I mean it's funny because it's kind of its spin on like the young calendar girls or like the firefighters and stuff like that. Because yeah. one of them, I think their husband has leukemia or just passed away, something like that, and so that's why they're doing it. Sounds charming. Yeah. So I mean, what we're talking about retirement. So you're gonna post semi nude. You're gonna be grumpy. Other you're gonna than, die. Other, like <laughs> other than calendar girls, all of these movies start with a grumpy old man. It's kind of funny, <laughs> yet they're heartwarming. Okay, so that was our list. Like I said, so many times we've talked about retirement, and you can go back and listen to episodes where we specifically talked about Social Security, 401ks, pension plans, things like that. We've discussed all of these, but I kind of wanted to harp on it again in a different way because I keep running into the same issues. I'll have a client come in and they go, oh, well, all I have is a pension. Excuse me, all you have is a pension. Well, a pension is huge. A pension plan is something that used to be very common. Hold on, let me back up. I need to get the definition, right? Because Cam's looking at me like, what is a pension plan? Yeah, I wanted to say, I'm, I'm looking at the pa at the title of this episode, The Power of Pension. And um, to be honest, I'm just the marketing guy. I'm not the numbers guy. And so I don't fully understand what a pension is. So I'm excited about Katie informing me. But whenever I hear, oh, I've got a pension plan, in my mind, I'm like, oh, you're rich. You're covered. You're good. <laughs> yeah. The term, the three-legged stool that's been thrown around for many, many years now long time, was first used in 1949 by an insurance company, and they were using it to sell annuities to help supplement Social Security. Because everyone picture your three-legged stool. So you have one leg that is Social Security, one leg that would be your pension plans, and then one leg that would be your personal savings for retirement. So, okay, pension plans. You're going, um, I don't have that. Unless you work for someone like a FedEx, or you may be in the military, or there's several other companies out there that do that, but most people don't. So you just chop one leg down and now you're balancing on two legs. So let me explain what a pension plan is. So a pension plan is a type of retirement plan where employers promise to pay a defined benefit. So, okay, they're going to agree to pay you a certain amount to these employees for life after they retire. Let me break that down. It's going to be that you are guaranteed to every month get, you know, $500 a month from this company that you worked at for 
30 years or 20 years or whatever it may be. And when it says for your life, because there are some out there that it is just for your life. Cam, if you worked at a company that offered a pension plan and you signed up and they said, Cam, we will give you $1,000 a month if you sign up for just life. And that's going to mean for your entire life, you're going to get $1,000 from Cam Enterprises. Mm -hmm. Now, poor Abby, if you pass away, that $1,000 would go away. Interesting. Because you've set it up for life. But some companies will set it up and do survivorship. So you can have 75% survivorship or 50% survivorship. So if you put it on there, 50% survivorship, then that $1,000, you pass away, Abby still would get $500. Oh, okay. And it would continue until her life was done. That is fascinating. Now, another thing that comes to mind when I hear pension plans are like global companies, like a FedEx. Mm-hmm. Is it strictly large companies that offer these or is it, or can it be a mixture? It can be a mixture. And that's what, you know, there's private and there's public. Public pensions are available from federal, state, and local government bodies, police officers, firefighters. They have pensions, for instance, and school teachers. Teachers are definitely ones that have those pension plans for sure. I often have told our teachers they do not get the dollars that they should while they're working. They definitely don't. They work so hard for everybody. They're the ones that turn people into doctors and lawyers and CPAs, everything. But they are often very well taken care of during retirement because of these pension plans. But then you have the private companies um, that some of them still offer the pension plan. More often than not, they are long-running companies that started offering pensions centuries ago. Now, it's less likely that you're going to have a small company do it. So it's going to be these long companies that have been around for a long time because the company is taking on that responsibility. Think about it. You're a booming company today and you're agreeing to a pension plan that you're going to pay and you don't know how long you're going to live. They're like, oh yeah, Cam, we're going to pay you a pension, but not knowing that you are superhuman and you're going to live to be 150. Oh man! So they're going to have to pay you a thousand dollars every month from the second you retire until you die on your 150th birthday. Wow. Think about if they had a bunch of people like you, even just the sheer impact of all these people and That's where companies, even like FedEx, they're kind of going away from that dedicated pension plan because what it really is to break it down is think of it as almost like a huge pool of money. They put almost like Scrooge McDuck. They've got the whole bank. They put all this money in there and they've got to make sure they've got enough money that they can still fulfill their promises. And so some of these large companies are backing away from it because they don't want that responsibility of They've got to make sure they have this amount of money. They would rather switch and go ahead and give you the money now in like a match of a 401k plan. Mm. Because then it's kind of like the, you know, the whole thing that they're putting all these promises out there and they're just continuing their debt that they're going to have to handle. And what if their company goes under? You know, what if things like that? Now, there's protection plans out there with pensions for sure. Um, I don't want to get on that rabbit hole because that's, a lot and that you will be bored to tears. Maybe a follow-up episode. Yeah, maybe a follow-up episode. So your, your pension income is usually paid on a percentage of your salary during those working years. Teachers will know that, that it's, they kind of look at the top high earning years and that's where they come up with the number. The percentage depends on the term set by your employer, your time with the employer. So if you do have a company that is giving you this gift of a pension, make sure you put out the time. That's where you'll hear a lot of times firefighters and cops and things will say, 
oh, well, I have to put in my 25 years or I have to put in my 10 years because if they leave too early, they don't get it or they get less. And so that's where those companies are really kind of tying in those people. They're making sure they're getting their money's worth. They're getting those people for those years before they're giving them this pension contribution. A worker with decades of companies or government 10 years may get 85% of their salary in retirement. One with less time under their belts or a less generous employer may only receive 50%. And if you leave an employer before your pension benefit vests, you may be forfeiting the money. And so I know we've talked about 401k plans. And if you don't add the money to meet the match, you're losing money on the table. Exactly. So this is the same as if you walk away before you're fully vested. And and that means before you've met the timeline, before you've met the time period, you have to be there, then you're leaving money on the table. And in the form of pensions, that's ginormous because David Pickler's a human calculator. He can rattle these numbers off in his head, but you would have to have a large, large sum of money, millions of dollars to then be able to have an investment that every month you can draw $1,000 off of for the rest of your life. So think about it that way, that when someone says, oh, well, all I have is this pension, I don't really have a 401k, or I don't really have this, then it's like, well, you've got that guaranteed money coming in. So you know you've got your Social Security coming in, which I know that's a hot topic of if it's going to be around or not. It will be around in some form. Too many people are reliant on it. Now, for mine and Cam's generation, it might be a lot less than we want it to be. Sure. Let me actually read this quote that I found, which is really interesting. When we were talking about the three-leg stool support system, it was used that Social Security was always meant to be one leg of this, and those legs include Social Security benefits, private pensions, savings, and investment. The word always implies that Social Security architects envision this program as part of the broader retirement security systems. But is it true? When Social Security was signed into law in 1935, private sector pensions were rare, and there was no national system promoting retirement savings, and there's no evidence in the historical records that President Franklin Roosevelt viewed the program in this way. That phrase, three-legged stool, seems to have been first used, as we talked about before, in 1949. And so there is little doubt that Social Security benefit did not provide sufficient income to fund all these retirees' income needs, neither then nor now. Setting aside the history, this much is clear today that we do have to impact the different legs of the stool or else you're wobbly. Mm. I mean, that's true. It's If you don't fulfill the three legs, then you're going to wobble. And too many people I'm hearing about are going, oh, well, I'll have my Social Security benefit. To do a plan properly, you need to speak to this younger generation. You're going to get something, but you need to do your part. You need to make sure you're preparing on funding your retirement because you don't know what amount you may get. And it could be that that entire Social Security benefit is what then turns and pays Medicare. Right. Because that's the other thing is that everyone's like, oh, I'll be fine until I get to Medicare. Well, do you realize that like once you get to Medicare, it doesn't mean your medical bills go away. Sometimes, I mean, it's really, really expensive because they'll give you a basic. It's like, here's the basic package. But if you want all the add-ons, like if you want to keep your doctors that you like, if you want to have your prescriptions, you want to do this, you want to do that, then you're tacking on more and more. And so I just, I'm not trying to scare people, but I'm seeing it every day of people that are going into retirement and, you know, they've done the right things. They've got it planned. They've got extra money, but I'm trying to stress to the younger generations, start saving today. 
take advantage of the times that you can save. Yeah. I mean, this isn't a scare tactic, like you said. This is just making sure everyone is prepared. You know, it's better to start now than just assume, oh, in the future, I'll handle it. And just because you have that pension plan does not mean that you need to not do any other savings. Because like we said, three legs, Social Security, pension, and then your personal savings. So if you don't have that pension, then you need to beef up and have two legs worth of personal savings. And if you do have the pension, you still need to have some personal savings. So what is the difference really from the pension and the 401k plan? We've talked about this before, but 401k plan is was replaced by the pensions for so many companies. It's what companies like FedEx and some of them are going to because they don't want that liability again on them. So this is where your money is withheld from your paychecks. They're actually doing studies and they're changing some of the rules where most people are going to be automatically enrolled. And so think about that when you're auto enrolled in something, usually you don't, many people don't take the time to then go and get yourself out of it. Okay, Cam, you start a new job and they go, and we've already got you started doing 3% into your 401k plan because that's the match. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, okay, well, what if I only want to do 1%? You can go in there and change it. You just start a new job. How likely are you to go in there and change it? Oh, very unlikely. Yeah. I'm too focused on other things like performing correctly yeah. <laughs> at my new job. But, okay, so this that scenario, we've already got you saving. From the very first paycheck you get, you're used to that that is already forcing you kind of to save anyways. But what if I said, hey, Cam, first day, if you want to, we've got a 401k plan. You should do it. Sign up. Are you going to do it? Probably not. I mean, it's not that you don't care. It's just you're busy, right? Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that's easy to just like punt, you know, kick the can down the road. Yeah. So really, companies are trying to start switching to that because then, in a way, it's forcing people to start saving because they see this issue that's happening. You know, Social Security, too many people are dependent on it, and we're running into issues with people not having enough money for retirement. And because of the healthcare system, people are living much longer, and you need to have money to live that long if you want to live to 90 or 100. Like, it's not cheap. Inflation is a real thing. And I mean, inflation, that's a whole other thing. It's really, you know, inflation is a wealth killer for sure. And that's something that you always need to be preparing for. And that's why you're never too young and it's never too late to come and talk to a planner and just kind of put out the plan. I will tell you, I I do plans for people now when they're in their 20s and 30s. I do it for them as, you know, checkpoints, 40s, 50s. And then right when you're about to retire, I've done for some people three or four times in the year they're going to retire. And then the other thing is that I do, and I told you this episode's kind of a jumbled of retirement. I'm doing it in their master's course and I'm trying to finish up my uh, master's in personal financial planning. I'm in one class now and I'll have two more after this, but this one is really talking about retirement. And I, I kind of joke, we're in this class and we're um, we're having to do everything online and everyone's responding very like, just very brainy. And I'm coming in with these crazy analogies about talking to clients about when they should draw Social Security and how most people have drilled in their brains that, yes, if you wait until age 70, you'll get the max amount of money because there's an 8% increase every year that you can wait. Obviously, your full retirement age, which is a term that's thrown around for someone like you and me, Cam, it's age 67. That's what they've told us is that's Mm -hmm. our full retirement age. So we can draw our benefit at that point. You know, that's something that you uh, you can't answer today. You can't answer that question today of when you should draw it if you're young. You don't know. And even if you are about to retire, it's a we need to see. It depends. It's a situation of what kind of income do you need in retirement? 
And the way I kind of answered this question when we were talking about what is retirement and how do you help somebody plan for it, again, all these people were like using all these like crazy brainiac terms. And I was like, okay, Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Now go with me on this. We are on the Yellow Brick Road. Mm -hmm. Yellow Brick Road is heading to Emerald City. Are there poppy fields? (laughs) Yeah. So Emerald City is retirement. You think about it. We're on this track. Because every day we go in and we're getting a paycheck. We're getting a paycheck to pay for our life, to pay for family, to pay for whether it's to go towards college, retirement, whatever it is. But you're on a path and you know the end goal is to one day retire and enjoy. So one day to get to the Emerald City. But what happens on that yellow brick road? It winds around. Winds around. Crazy things happen. You go into the poppy fields. You've got a wicked witch coming and like trying to get you off track. Things keep coming up that derail you, but every single time, what do you do? You try and get back up and get back on that yellow brick road. Mm -hmm. So you're still trying to get towards retirement. Once you hit Emerald City, that's retirement. But did Dorothy and them know when they got to Emerald City? They didn't really know what to do anymore. Mm -mm. They had planned. They had prepped. When we get there, when we get there, when we talk to the wizard. And it was kind of a disappointment. They were like, oh, like what? And things kind of were chaotic at that point. And that's the reality of retirement is that you're going to, you know, oh, when I get there, when I get there, when I get there, this is what it's going to be like. And then when you actually get into retirement, for most people, it is very, very different than what they actually have pictured. And so that's why it's kind of that first couple of years is the chaos theory. It is very much a time where you're trying to adjust from career minded mode into This is your reality. And for some people, retirement can be 20, 30, heck, 40 years long. Right. And so this is your next chapter of your life. And for you to be able to fully say on the day you retire, this is what my retirement is going to be. This is how much money I'm going to spend every month. This is what it's going to be. is crazy because you can't do that. Think about your yellow brick road. There were so many things that changed in your life. So many different directions you ended up going. Yes, you were ultimately going towards retirement, but my my crazy analogy with throwing in the Wizard of Oz was that it's kind of one of those you pitched your Emerald City is coming, but you need to allow yourself some grace when you get to retirement and build in some, you know, backup plans of extra funds saved because you don't know how your retirement's going to end up. I recently heard of the retirement years as the third chapter in your life because not only are people living longer, they're living longer well. So they get to retirement and they're still healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of growing up, we thought, oh, when you're in retirement, you've got one foot in the grave. But no, these people are living decades longer when they retire. And yeah. so it's all about finding your new purpose. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, thinking about what it wants to be. Are you wanting to be in the financial ability to help grandkids with college and schools? Do you want to be philanthropic? Just because you're retired doesn't mean you're dead. Like, you still want to do stuff and have fun. We've seen it where it's that first couple of months, there's some people that just go in kind of almost the midlife crisis thing. Like, oh, we bought a new boat and a new car. (laughs) And it's like, whoa, slow down. And I've had to tell people that. I've had to tell people that, you know, the day they retired, their plan looked golden. They were going to have plenty of assets. They were going to have assets to leave to their children. A year into retirement, I re-ran the plan. And I'm like, if you do not quit spending, you are going to run out of money in 10 years. Yeah. That's how quickly a plan can change. And so was it that I told him false news? No. No. It was just that I told him this was the plan and they went past what I told them they could spend and it blew up. Now, granted, they had some health stuff come up. And so 
I said, look, you knew that happened, so now you need to balance the act out. And because you had those unexpected health expenses, you need to try and not spend as much on all the frivolous stuff you can. Okay, so another thing I wanted to point out is, um, you know, Cam, y'all are still looking for a house, right? Mm, Kind of. (laughs) Things kind of imploded, so we may be in our house from here on out. (laughs) Well, okay. it was a it was a sad week. Aww. Yeah, I mean we're we're kind of looking. We're ready if the right house presents itself. Okay, so I'm switching between like the older listeners who are about to retire and the younger listeners who are like retirement's never happening. I'm gonna li- I'm gonna work until I'm 80. We're just looping in all of our listeners. <laughs> we are. I was talking to another one of my f- uh, friends and clients. She is looking at buying a house and they're needing to free up some cash flow because daycare is expensive. Holy heck. I had no idea until I started doing all these financial plans for people. I mean, you really do get a pay raise when you stop having to pay daycare bills. Yeah, we never had to go through daycare and I'm so thankful for it. But all of our friends that go through it, I'm like, it's a mortgage. It's like $19,000, $20,000 a year. It's crazy. It is so much money. And so... They're in a situation where they're wanting to get a bigger house because their their little cute house is just with a kid. Like, kids take up a lot of space. We talked about her 401k plan because both of them are currently maxing out their 401k plans. And I told her, I said, look, it's a best practice. You need to always at all times maximize your 401k plan because that's that's just the smart thing. You're getting your money. Every dollar you put in is being matched up to that percentage. But I told her, if you have a discipline and you know that temporarily you've got this temporary expense of daycare is really expensive. Once the kid has grown up and going to you know school, you won't have that expense. Then it is okay in small circumstances like this to lessen the amount. Now, I'm not telling her to stop contributing to the 401k plan, but for instance, in her situation, how they do it is 3% is dollar for dollar matched. So she puts in three, they put in three. And then I love how I love how plans try and screw you up with this <laughs> next part. 50% of the next 3%. Whoa. Right? So what that means is they're saying 50% of the next 3% you put in, they will match. So they're going to match up to 4.5% is what they'll do. But you have to put in 6% to get that. That's where it's kind of confusing. It's like, wait, what? Three? So they'll match? No? Okay. Again, some of these plans try and confuse you a little bit. And I will tell you from looking at all different retirement plans, they are all not created equally at all. It's like trying to read the terms of agreements whenever you're signing on to a new application. Yeah, that's get help. Come and see yes. us. Let us let us help you with these things. But uh, for in the instance of my friend here, I talked to her and said, "Look, it's not best practice, but if you needed to, then you could lower your contribution in your 401k plan. Still, you know, at least do the three percent to get the three to three match, but lower it, get a little bit more cash flow coming into you." as y'all are trying to build up and possibly buy a new house. And then as soon as daycare's off your bills or as soon as you get a cash flow handled, then start adding back. Because I never want someone to be maximizing the match and putting all this money into retirement and then putting themselves in credit card debt. I don't want you to do that. Right. And I've seen way too many people who do that, that it's like, well, but I've got my emergency fund and I've got my retirement that I'm doing the max to and I have 20000 in credit card debt. It's like, no, no. Like, yes, yes, you're doing the right things of having your emergency fund and having your retirement maxed out, but no, no, no credit card debt. <laughs> no, don't do that. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> no, but I mean, it happens. Credit card, I feel like that's an episode. Credit card happens. Like, credit card debt happens. Pretty sure we have five to 10 episodes yes. based just on them. <laughs> and I, I tell people when I talk to them about it, like, I know it happens, but I'm getting off topic here. It's just that 
I want you to know about retirement plans, that they're important, you need to do them, but it's also, there are times when you need to adjust your 401k contributions. And even if it's, you're in a situation where you're able to contribute more than the max and you're doing well, it's okay if you need to drop down for a couple of months or a year to kind of get yourself settled. Because especially if you're young, it, it'll balance back out. It'll be okay. But something like an investment of a new house is going to help them so much more now than her contributing an additional 3% to her 401k plan. As long as I know, like, and that's what I know her, she's a client, she's a friend, I know I'm going to be on her to get it back up again once the house is done. But, that makes sense, yeah. But she's got a partner in me. So that's where I don't, I don't expect, you know... I don't have kids yet, but I know that it's one of those, you're working, you're busy with kids. I don't expect y'all to be on top of it. That's why you have a partner like us. We can help. You've got a friend in me. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. We have a little chart here just kind of comparing the 401k plans and pensions. So uh, Cam, which one do you want? I'll take pension. Okay. So 401k plan, retirement benefit is not guaranteed. Pension, retirement benefit is guaranteed. Ooh, okay. I like that. 401k plan, employee contributes part of salary to plan. Pension, employer funds the plan. Yeah, so then then the pension, you are not putting any of your money into it. Think, remember that, which that means then in your mind, you should think, oh, I'm not putting money into it, so I should do my own savings Mm -hmm. outside of this in like an individual IRA, something like that. Yeah. Employees typically choose types of plan to contribute to. Pension. Employee normally has no control over type of plan. Okay, and so this one is sometimes in a 401k plan, you do have the option between Roth or traditional or before tax or after tax. Go back to that episode, but I gotta just stress, if you've got the opportunity to do after tax, Roth, anything like that, do it. Mm, Do it. Do it, because then it'll help you. You're paying the taxes today, and then when you get into retirement years, The dollar amount you see in that investment account, that is yours. You're not going to be required to take any of it out when you hit age 73 now. Thank you to the new Secure Act 2.0. That age has changed. Okay, Um, next one, 401k. So it may include an employer match up to a certain percentage. Finally, pension. Employee may choose to contribute to plan. Every pension plan, every 401k plan, they're all made up a little different. They are all a little complicated, and so... I don't expect anyone to be super expert on it. Obviously, most most companies, especially the ones that have pension plans, should have a great HR program. They can kind of help you with this, but use an outside source. Talk to somebody. Obviously, if you do have a 401k plan, then you're in control of those investment assets. You are in control of how, the, how it's working, what your options are, and um, obviously, you can't handpick what investments to be in, but you can pick what you want to be allocated in per what the plan is offered. Mm -hmm. I like that chart. That really helped break it down for me. Yeah. I don't want anybody to go, oh, I just have a pension plan or, you know, all I have is a 401k plan because either of them, you just take it. That's the cards that you were dealt and then you plan around it. Mm -hmm. That's really what it is because someone who is just relying on that pension plan and what if it's not a lot? What if, between their social security and their pension, they're only going to be bringing home $2,000 a month and they spend $4,000 a month. 
they need to have money that has been saved that they can pull the additional 2000 from. Right. And they also need to make sure that money is going to still be there for them, even though they're pulling it out. And that's where, when I do a financial plan for somebody, and, and Cam's been through this, I may say, for you and Abby, y'all need $10 million for your retirement. <laughs> and I always start that off with, the good news is, on that day you retire, that first day, you do not need to have $10 million. You don't. What you need to have is enough assets built up that you can pull from them when you need them, but they're going to still keep building and growing and last all the way from you at whatever age you retire all the way to 90 or 100, whatever age we've done. Because that's the goal. It's not to have that big scary number that you need for the entire retirement, but just to have enough that you can still have them work for you and have built in a cushion if something crazy should come up built-in inflation, things like that. Yeah. I did some quick calculations in my head, Katie. We are at the exact halfway point of being able to pull retirement, you and I. Oh, that's terrifying. It is terrifying. It is very terrifying. Bullseye? Yeah, let's bullseye. Um, I feel like I've done all the talking this whole episode. Yeah, <laughs> the Katie show. <laughs> well, we went from the crazy show last time to this The now. bullcast takeover? Yeah. Obviously, I'm very passionate about trying to educate people on planning for retirement and planning for their life, but also making sure they're doing the things today that is going to make them enjoy life by buying the houses, by by taking care of things that need to be done. And all I've got to say is it's just, you've got to have a plan and it's unique to you. It's unique to your life situation at that moment. So do yourself a favor, whether it's working with us or somebody else, go out there and at least seek some advice and get a little checkup. I mean, you go to the doctor and check up to make sure everything's okay every year. Do the same thing with your finances. And nine out of 10 people are gonna be way too busy or want to avoid doing this. They're not gonna do it themselves. So let an outside person be the good guy or the bad guy and tell you, good job, you're doing the right thing or you gotta quit spending. Bullseye. Katie Pickler, you stole my bullseye, but I'm going to say it anyways. This is a a, a duplicate bullseye, a redundant bullseye. I feel like I am the financial plan evangelist because I went through this with Katie and David, and it helped me immensely to see what my future looks like. It paints the picture of, you know... Maybe we're like a crystal ball. It's like, look into the future. Exactly. (laughs) But just the way they laid out this huge booklet for me and Abby um, of, you know, if we... If we keep on this same yellow brick road without changing, oh, it looks a little bleak. But if we make these small changes, if you contribute more to your 401k, which Katie recommended and I did, the future looks a lot brighter. So I highly recommend a financial plan, whether that be with us or anyone else. Uh, it's so important. Bullseye. Oh, God. Oh, we gosh. don't have court. We ever- no. Hey, I think we did okay last time, so let's work through this. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for yet another episode of Bullcast Podcast. All minus about court. Minus court. So sad. He's vacationing. I actually hate him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you'd like to find out more about me, Katie, or court, go to bullcastpodcast.com where you can find all of our episodes and also subscribe to all of the podcast platforms. We also work at a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors where you can learn about our entire team and David Pickler. That website is picklerwealthadvisors.com That's advisors with an O. Not an E. That's correct. I also failed to mention that we have all of the social media and that handle is at Bullcast Podcast. You have anything else to say, Katie? Get a plan. I love it. This whole episode can be boiled down to get a plan. All right. Well, Don't been... ever say I just have a pension. <laughs> 
Well, it's been fun. For now, I'm Cam. I'm Katie. Bye-bye. Bye.